At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all-new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get started, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? Only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. All right, everyone. Welcome on to Hollinger and Duncan. Hopefully all can hear me. Hopefully John can hear me. And the way we do this, if you need a reminder, is that we're going to do basically our pod first really interesting one on potential veteran extensions. I didn't realize just how many of these there are until I really went through it and calculated out all of them. And then we're going to take your questions at the end for about 20 minutes or so. John, how you doing, man? Doing great. Looking forward to this. Like, like I had the same reaction. Uh, a lot of a lot of big names eligible for veteran extensions too. So this could get interesting. Yeah, really, really interesting, and particularly because I think there are some of these guys who are old enough where they might really be wanting to lock in for longer, and their teams might kind of be like. Eh exactly but but you also got to keep the guy happy you know especially some of these guys who i mean this is crazy right guys who signed four-year contracts in the summer of 2019 only two years ago are now eligible for extensions already and that brings us to just talk about what we need to first here which is which guys are eligible for extensions or or what determines whether a guy's eligible for an extension and how much that can be yeah so basic rule of thumb is two years two years after right for for a free agent who signs a four-year contract it's the summer heading into year three they are now eligible to sign an extension and that's a recent rule change and it's uh it's may and and I should add, three-year deals are now eligible for extensions where they used to not be because you couldn't do an extension until after the third year of the contract before. So what that's basically done is enlarge the universe of potentially extendable contracts. And the idea behind it, I think, was a good one to allow uh, franchises to keep their star players or have a better chance to lock up their their star players or at least get a read on whether the player had one foot out the door for free agency if he wasn't going to sign an extension for a, for a jackpot full of money. So the the intention is really good. On the execution, it's going to get interesting over these next two years where we get into players who are getting up there in years 
and you're talking about committing to them for three, four years at really high dollar numbers. Um, I mean, we kind of already saw this with, with like Portland was sort of the first one to dip their toe into this when, when they went long with uh, Lillard and McCollum. And now you look at the out years uh, on those deals, you know, 23-24, they're making over $80 million just between those two. And, uh, and what that might mean for Portland when both those guys are in their mid-30s. So uh, it's, it's going to get interesting here. And, and this is really the first, first summer where, where it could get a little wacky. Yeah, and a few things to add to that as well. First of all, five-year deals are still only eligible to be extended after three years. If you have two years left on your deal, you can only sign an extension in the off-season. However, if you have one year left on your deal, then you can sign it uh, theoretically even up until June 30th or whatever the day before free agency (laughs) ends up being these days. Hopefully, it'll be back to June 30th next year. So to be clear also here, we're talking, there are some players... you know, like a Dennis Schroeder is actually eligible for an extension right now. He's they offered it to him. They're not. He's not going to sign it. So there are still some players who are technically extension eligible now. But we're talking about starting this summer. Who are the players who are going to be eligible for extensions? And then the other thing I'll add too. John gave a little bit of the history. Back in the 1999 and the 2005 CBA. There were all these terrible extensions because it was quote unquote too easy to extend guys, and also frankly front offices were a lot dumber back then you had the Stephen Jackson or the Richard Hamilton extensions that really went wrong and so then in 2011 the owners fought to have extensions be way shorter and to not be able to get as much of a raise well then careful what you wish for because then you get all these guys where it doesn't make sense for them to extend in the 2011 CBA and so Dwight Howard Kevin Durant all these guys end up changing teams it was a period of maybe unprecedented movement and then you also had the cap go up a ton as well so you couldn't extend high enough because your salary was too low based on the the cap having been lower previously when you signed your other contract and so now though that's no longer the case all of those 2015 and earlier contracts are gone now jimmy butler was one of those uh i think the the last of those came off the books last summer and so now the raises for guys are rising faster than the cap is we've got this three percent raise now due to the deal that was signed last year. And so now you're kind of getting back into that same way that you were, as you alluded to, John, back in the pre-2011 CBA days where extensions are really much more palatable for players. And we're seeing that with the, the 2021 free agent class basically being non-existent now with stars. Yeah, basically got extended into oblivion. And we could see the same thing happen with the 22 class before it's all said and done. All right, well, I think that's uh, enough preamble here. And I think we can just, what, which of these most interested you uh, as you went through it? Well, uh, I, th- I think the guy who's, you know, whose team is really champing at the bit to get him extended is John Wall. I mean, that that's the one right away that's... <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Let's uh, let's no? let's not go there. Okay. Um, uh, uh, but but uh, oh, I guess one more thing to add to here: uh, the amount that you can offer if you're making less than the estimated average player salary, which I estimated that in for next year is going to be about ten point five million. If you're making less than that, 
then you can get an extension starting at 120% of the estimated average player salary. So for some of these guys who are making in, you know, not making eight figures, that's the number that's going to apply. That works out to four years and uh, 56.5 million. Or some of those guys, if they're getting only a three-year extension, that would be about three years, 41 million. Then if you're above that, you can get 120% of the previous year's salary. And then uh, all of these involve the maximum 8% raises because you're re-signing with your prior team and then at the top of this you run into a situation where there's the max salary so some of these guys the 120 percent raise they if they got that then they'd be getting more than the maximum salary and so in that case it's either the maximum salary or 105 percent of what your previous salary was is your starting amount so that'll come into into play with some of these guys who are really you know already making like in 40 million or, or more yeah. so those yeah. those are the rules we'll reiterate those as we go through talk about some of these max amounts uh but but yeah, okay, now that's enough preamble. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I, I think the first guy we should talk about, and given this is very much in your field of uh, expertise, uh, is Steph Curry. Yes, Stephen Curry was actually extension eligible in this previous truncated offseason but he had two years left so he only would have been able to sign a three-year deal also he he hadn't played the previous year uh it was unclear whether that even was offered to him the the quote from bob myers recently was that oh you know it was just it was too short of a an offseason and then clay's injury and blah 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 like okay but uh and that the number of years was important to Steph. so now this offseason and he certainly is playing at an awesome level uh this extension would kick in when he's 34 in the summer of 2022 48 million in the first year all the way up to 59.6 million in the last year of that deal when he'd be 37 and Mm -hmm. uh 215 million over four years is what he will be eligible for yeah and i mean it's it's his last payday right so he could get that or he could wait and try to do a five-year deal after that season um yeah i think he might run into where run into the over 38 rule getting close close. to the over 38 rule yeah 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 he would uh, would be 34 so yeah you would run into that with a five-year deal so so yeah you wouldn't really i I don't think be able to i I think his birthday is like april or or something like he just turned 33 so yeah for that rule by the way you basically can't get longer than a three-year contract that's going to take you to be over 38 years old that that rule came in years and years ago used to be over 35 then it was 36 just because they didn't want guys getting like these huge long deals that were basically a retirement present for him exactly exactly so there's a there's pretty strong incentive for curry to sign this if the warriors give him the full bag now yeah and the other yeah the other thing we got to keep in mind too is at some point this new tv deal is going to come in is that 24 25 when that would kick in or maybe it's or is it i believe that's 26? correct yeah so twenty four twenty five, where we've been so, led to believe that will that will drive the cap number much higher yeah now i would imagine that they the union would agree to some smoothing this time around i, I think everyone has pretty much acknowledged that they should have done yeah. that in 2016 and we don't know if we're gonna see the type of you know basically doubling that we saw in 2016 but we should you know you would imagine that they'll probably get back to days of they'll they move it in over a few years you know 10 percent raise in the cap every year that that'll get back to being more standard after we've yeah. had this time of uh of a flat cap due to all the losses in the pandemic that are 
are getting spread out after the next couple of years. So that's not quite as ugly. But also remember all of these extensions, if you're getting the max, those are going up 8%. So I don't think that you're going to get bailed out by the rising cap the way you might have for some of the deals uh, going into the 2016-17 uh, season. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, uh, I mean, there's still a lot of water that can go into the bridge between now and the next TV deal, too. I mean, we don't don't know exactly what's going to happen with this. No, I mean, there was a report from Jabari Young that the NBA was looking for, you know, basically to double the contract. And that, that seemed a little unlikely to me, given that football did not double the contract. I think actually to, to triple the contract. Yeah, <laughs> whatever it was, I thought it was uh, unlikely. But um, it, you know, yeah. anyway. So, so that's we're getting a little far afield here, but we're getting into a, a length now, particularly for someone like Curry with the numbers involved, uh, where that could be a, an, an issue. And stuff, you know, they don't want uh, part of this. Part of the what comes in here too is okay. Yeah, you know, is Steph Curry as amazing as he is, an all-time great player, probably going to be a top twenty player of all time when it's all said and done. Is he going to be worth fifty-nine million at age thirty-seven? I, I think we can all agree that that he's not going to be no matter uh yeah i I mean it's pretty amazing actually that this contract that he's been on other than when he's been injured hasn't turned out to be bad yet for at 33 he's having one of the best seasons for anyone ever at at age 33 so exactly you know pretty incredible what he's doing this year but your other problem is is he going to agree to a extension that's less than this to keep him out of free agency and do you really want to risk that to like yeah i mean the only thing you could do is say ask him for a hometown discount and say we need to be able to do that to keep this team competitive because we're going to be paying luxury tax out the yin yang yeah, and the, he alluded to this at one point with Marcus Thompson, your colleague at The Athletic, at the start of the year that he might be willing to take less to kind of help out, keep the team competitive. I, I think a lot, and part of this too, they can go into the season with this too if they wanted to, right? And so that's, it wouldn't shock me to see that. You see how Clay Thompson looks next year, see who they're able to bring in, see whether yeah. this group is actually looking like a championship contender or not. Because the other option for them is to trade Curry. And I mean, I think it's something they need to at least think about right now, given the corner they've painted themselves into financially. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with this Wolves pick. We'll see how they look next year with, with Clay in the beginning of the year. But Draymond's not getting any younger. The rest of the team, quite frankly, isn't very good right now. So they got a, they got this, this is an immense decision for that franchise. And it'll really dictate the next half decade. Uh, what One thing I did see, the TV deal comes up in 25, actually. So yeah. you're only getting okay, a, re- what, yeah. a reprieve on the on the final year of a four-year extension. Yeah, and there's some thought maybe that they could get some of that money front-loaded now and maybe take less later. It does seem like there's maybe a thought that that's going to happen. But yeah, again, I think I'm not counting on the TV deal to bail me out of any of these as I see it right now, unless until more information becomes available. Well, John, we spent quite a bit of time discussing Steph Curry today, which is why he must be the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Michelob Ultra is all about enjoyment. I certainly enjoy watching Steph Curry play basketball. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And with 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, that is the case. 
for Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? Stephen Curry, the Michelob Ultra player of the week i've had that feeling before when i go on to a search site and you see all these options and you click on some of them and you're just like man why did i click on this this is just a total waste of time these aren't going to be good you click on a bunch of them 95 percent of them are just dead ends and indeed is built to change that they are the job site that makes hiring as easy as one two three you post screen and interview all on indeed according to talent nest indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined that is insane so if you're not on indeed for your hiring you should probably get on there it's just a different approach to this you can get your quality shortlist to candidates whose resumes match your job description you only pay for the candidates that meet your must-have qualifications and you can even schedule and complete video interviews in your indeed dashboard their instant match tool immediately gives you candidates whose resume fits your job description and their indeed skills test reduces hiring time by 27 percent. you can choose from more than 130 skills tests or you can even add your own and then add your must-have requirements you're only paying for applications that actually meet your requirements you're just spending so much less time by only having to consider applicants that actually meet your criteria to begin with so you get started right now with a free 75 dollars sponsored job credit to upgrade your posts at indeed.com slash locked get a 75 dollars credit at indeed.com slash locked that's indeed.com slash locked this offer valid through june 30th terms and conditions apply okay who who else really sticks out to you here uh as ones that are going to be difficult for the team involved okay um difficult in a sense i would say would be two that stand out to me are zach levine and julius randall where they both have the same problem which is that i don't think they can offer enough money based on the cap rules yeah, so 120% uh, of Levine's salary in 21-22 would be $23.4 million, So they can offer him four years, 104. That's not going to be enough. And Randall, who amazingly has a non-guarantee for most of next year, uh, they could offer him four years, 106. Yeah, and you know, this Levine thing, there was this, oh, we had, to, we had to convince him that we're serious. And we had to get Vucevic and make this trade so that he, there was some hope and he would resign. I kind of have this feeling of like, hey, if you were going to renegotiate and extend him up to the max and then give him four years after that, that <laughs> should have been enough. <laughs> right so oh, absolutely yeah yeah and yeah. and Levine we'll see I mean he, he kind of dropped off a little bit uh, had that ankle injury now the the COVID issue also had a great year before that yeah but you're also kind of you're kind of talking about a guy who is fringe all NBA you know if I was doing yeah. rankings for players he'd probably be in like between 25 yeah. and 30 yeah in the NBA but you're but. you're you're biting into the sweet spot of the apple here though given his age like most of these extension guys are in their 30s and there's a lot of downside risk associated with them and Levine is what 25 26 like you should be getting the best part of his career I just don't really care for apples, so I got to be honest. Totally, <laughs> totally overrated fruit. <laughs> you're getting, you're getting the best slice of liver, though. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, that that's uh, but but that's it. Yeah, I mean, you make a good point. He is very young, uh, much younger than you would normally have for a guy like this. As is Randall, for that matter. Both those yeah. guys, 2014. Twenty four, twenty. Yeah, Levine's twenty six right now. So you're basically you you'd be buying his age twenty seven to thirty seasons, pretty much. God, who would have thought that those? I mean, are those the second and third best guys out of that twenty fourteen draft behind Embiid? Am I forgetting anyone who was like later? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Because I did that, I did a version of that draft uh, with uh, oh, 2014 was Jokic. Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. See, he was uh, not in the first round. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, Jokic, Jokic, and Embiid obviously. Would, would, I was thinking of like the top ten. I forgot that he was that year too because he didn't even come over that year. He waited a year. To exactly, come exactly. Yeah, well. a lot, a lot of like pretty good players from that draft. But yeah, after after Embiid and Jokic, yeah, it's like <laughs> I guess it's. <laughs> I guess it's Zach Levine's the third best player. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, well, so I, do, is that the question to you then is for Chicago, is that just a no brainer renegotiate and send him uh, up to the, you know, up to the max for next year and, you know, basically pay them, maybe get a slight discount, but basically be paying them the max for four more years after that. If they proven enough to you that that's you're, you're just going to do that without thinking about it. I think it's a little trickier for Chicago where you don't have, that much room there's some other things you might really prefer to do um it's uh they've got about 12 million in space for for this year assuming they lose their draft pick yeah exactly and then but you're also then you're losing tice you're losing marketing um yeah, you know, stay, kinda, staying over it actually would it would have some appeal. And, and keep in mind for for those who aren't as dorky about this as us, you can only renegotiate and extend a guy up if you have cap room. And once you use cap room, you that you got to renounce everybody's bird rights. So that means Markinen is gone, Tice is probably gone, and then you lose all your exceptions as well. You just would have the room exception. Maybe they could bring back Tice on the room exception, but I I would expect the way he's played or, is Mark or Felicio. You know, I I just had a feeling that joke was coming. I, <laughs> he was right? as I went through uh, and looked at potential extension candidates. I, I thought about uh, him as well. Could still be extended by the end of this year. It's amazing to me that they haven't waived him. That's the crazy part that they yeah. that they're still using a roster spot. Exactly, exactly. Like even 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 now they're like, nope, we gotta gotta hang on to him. <laughs> You never know. Yeah, yeah. Sign and trade rights could be useful. Uh, so, <laughs> but sadly, they would have to renounce them to uh, renegotiate and extend Levine. Yeah, the Bulls. I mean, I think the Bulls just are going to do it. They uh, and you know, maybe they get away with not having to do the max. But I, once the renegotiation has happened for this year, but like, I think it was, I can't remember, I think it was uh, Casey Johnson who said this, that Zach Levine and his agent were incredibly happy that Vucevic was traded for, not only because it would make the Bulls more competitive, but just because that meant that the Bulls were all in and they really had no choice now but to pay him. That seemed to clearly be part of the plan. Yeah. And even if it, even if they end up going to the, going to the wire, I mean, the Bulls can still come in with that fifth year. At the max, yeah, it, it, that's yeah the fifth year if they if he makes it to twenty twenty two free agency. Yeah, exactly, and I don't think you mind that much at his age going to the fifth year, and I think it's enough of a chip that it would probably it would probably get get them the win, so to speak. And 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 if the, if there was any doubt about Levine coming back, I think that fifth year would kind of erase it. So that that would be the argument for maybe not going that route with him. 
Yeah, I mean, I suppose there's the possibility that he would be like, you know, I want to just wait another two years, you know, do the Kawhi two plus one thing. But, you know, I'm just not sure that he's that good yet. And I guess to me, too, I I would probably just, I I mean, I wouldn't have traded for Vucevic now. I mean, maybe you just have to go all in with Levine because you did this Vucevic thing. But to me, I would wait it out and say, hey, we've got the fifth year. We'll pay you if if everything goes well next year. Uh, And, you know, we'll see. It depends what what it would cost to bring back Markinen. It seems like he really doesn't want to be there anymore and they don't really care for him anymore and bring back Tice as well so I'm uh yeah it, it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens with him yeah we don't need us to tell you about locker room its benefits are quite obvious because the last segment of this show takes place with locker room the first social audio platform made for sports fans the app's free to download once you're in you can talk with me John Danny LaRue Danny and I do our locker room once a week at six eastern three pacific john and i do ours usually two eastern 11 pacific danny and mine is on tuesday john and mine is on wednesday so go download that free locker room app now they actually have a beta available on android and it is currently available on all ios devices create your profile link your twitter and join the nba group for the latest league updates i'm at nato can so you can go on there be notified when my room goes live we will see y'all there on Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Uh, who did you want to talk about next year? Should we talk? Actually, I know who I want to talk about, and that is the Brooklyn Nets. Yes. Very interesting situation there. Uh, so the, the big guy I'm sure you want to talk about is uh, DeAndre Jordan, right? Because they got to they gotta make sure they lock him up through 25. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many versions of that joke will you be making? Oh, I still have like six just... left. Don't worry. <laughs> So, again, this is one of those ones where you're like, holy shit, this was just two years ago. They came to the Nets. They've yeah. only basically played one year. Kyrie and KD both signed three plus ones. So they are eligible for an extension as of this summer. They opt out of that final year, and they could get four years, four new years. On the end of that, for KD, that is $197.7 million over four years. For Kyrie, that's $181.6 million over four years. This is after 2022, by the way. Yeah. And oh, by the way, James Harden, also eligible for an extension, yeah. uh, which would be four years. Uh, and that's even higher. That's four years, $208 million starting. Uh, and so those guys' ages, uh, KD will be, I think he'll be 33. Harden will be 33, I think. And Kyrie will be like uh, 30. Yeah. Oh, and- sorry, if that, that's off the top of my head. But I mean, close enough that it doesn't matter. You're you're definitely. I mean, and that that you're getting into it again, right? Like, you really you want to risk it? You want to let these guys get to free agency? When yeah. oh, by the way, then they could demand a five year deal from you. Some of them as well. Yeah, yeah. You, you want to do that? Like you you. I mean, a lot of it depends on what happens this year. But uh, I mean, if they win the championship, it seems like it's pro- it'll probably just happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know how how big uh, J- Joe Sai wants to open his pocketbook at this time. He certainly has been. Uh, pretty aggressive so far can you get the three of them to extend as a package deal and get them all to agree to leave a certain amount of money on the table kind of way the miami's guys did yeah but that was like you know a million per season for each guy yeah i don't i don't know how much you're saving out of this i'm just saying <laughs> yeah um, and, it might be, and I mean, it might I think, be easier to yeah. get Harden to do that than Kyrie since Kyrie's making the least of these guys yeah uh, but uh, all these guys too i mean they're making a little bit more i i think for these guys they all wanted to be in brooklyn i don't they haven't seemed to have any issues with the organization 
I mean, yeah. I think it'd be the opposite, though. I think that these guys might say, hey, it's all of us or none of us. Like, it could be that. Yeah, and then you're, because, I mean, particularly. Oh, I think the Kyrie, Nets have a yeah. problem if they only extend, like, one or two of them, right? Can you imagine yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine Kyrie if they extended Durant and Harden? <laughs> we're like, yeah, we don't, we're going to wait and see on you, Kyrie. <laughs> Yeah, that that seems like it would be. I mean, so this is there is a lot of pressure on this team right now this year, and I, I mean, if they they've looked the fact that they've only played like seven games together is so yeah. ridiculous too. And then what if what if Harden this hamstring isn't good in the in the playoffs and they don't end up making it to you know I guess if you make it to the finals or something and you're competitive then that that makes your decision easier. But let's say they're not healthy and they lose to the Bucks in the second round, then what the hell? do you do yeah i I mean i guess you just i I mean maybe you just say hey you know what like we're just gonna play it out for another year because maybe maybe what you say is like and i don't know if you want to play this kind of roulette but maybe what you say is hey we're gonna let it play out the the other nice thing is they could do all these during the season next year as well so they don't have to decide before the year they can kind of see how everything's going they can see whether Kyrie misses less than one third of the season due to personal reasons and (laughs) for example yeah they can see how kd is holding up physically too sure sure and and same with harden as well he's starting is having like kind of these little niggling injuries now breaking down a little bit and maybe you say hey you know what like if things go well everyone's going to want to come back we'll have the ability to pay all of them it'll be okay and if things go poorly then we wouldn't want all these guys back anyway and we'll just rebuild at that point yeah yeah maybe maybe that maybe that's what you do but that that is hell of a gambit though yeah yeah because you i mean you you gave up all these assets to games get james harden you'd like to keep him for more than a year and a half yeah, quick reminder here, by the way, uh, we're about 30 minutes in. Probably in about another 30 minutes, we'll move into the locker room question and answer. So get your speaker requests in. We'll answer them in the order that we got. We got a few in there already. That is that is now four. Uh, so, yeah, this is going to be absolutely fascinating what happens with these guys. Uh, do you have a prediction on what would happen? Let's say they, they have a good showing this year in the playoffs, but they don't ultimately win the championship. They lose in the finals or something. I think Marks and those three guys sit down and say, let's let's see what happens this next year. And I think the three guys would be okay with it because I think they kind of want to see too. They know they can get paid, right? I don't think they're in any hurry to sign the dotted line yeah. necessarily. But they have, but this, that's the thing. I, I haven't looked too closely at 2022 cap space yet, but... I'm not sure that there's like some destination. They like being together. uh, So they would have to break up to still get paid somewhere else. Yes. And they're making so much too. I mean, their maximum is, you know, it's going to be all of them over 40 million. So we're not talking about, oh, you just get 30 million max for a guy uh, with zero to six years experience. We're talking about a team having to create really significant room. And 2021 has some pretty good suitors like Miami and Toronto for a, a time and Dallas. You know, those are the three good teams that were supposed to have space. I don't know that there's any team in 2022 where you're like, oh, we really want to go there. If you're a player at the point in your career where Harden and, and uh, Katie and Kyrie are. So maybe maybe the Nets should kind of offer them. You know, you know, I think you make some kind of an extension offer, but maybe it's not just like the absolute max that you can, or at least not the max number of years. And yeah, it, you know, you now that, that's where it gets interesting. Can you can you offer them kind of the Beal extension? You know, can you offer to do them one plus one or two plus one or something? 
Yeah. Where you're you're putting at least some kind of limit on how far out you're going on these guys. Uh, I think that's a really interesting conversation. And you say, you know, it's all three of you are getting the same deal, so we're not, you know, screwing one or the other of you. Yeah. I mean, the other thing you could think, too, is that if you go into next year and it's not going well, you could trade those guys and jumpstart your rebuild. You have that optionality. It just it's a, it seems like everything has kind of been controlled by like KD and Rich Kleiman since yeah. they got there, though. Yeah, and totally. so it, it doesn't seem like the Nets are all of a sudden gonna break out of that arrangement and like get tough on these guys. Yeah, I mean, and the Nets are also kind of pot committed through 2027. Remember too. Yeah, you make a good point there. Uh, yeah, the the draft pick issue it would be a little, but you could do that a little bit easier when you when you trade for some draft picks for some other guys. Uh, I, I guess I should note that as of right now, that I'm sure this will change this off season. The New York Knickerbockers have 88 million in cap space from the 2022 off season, and the Bulls project to have a pretty decent amount. Those are probably your two, but uh, obviously things are going to happen where the, those numbers are going to get reduced this off season, yeah. as we just talked about with Randall and Levine. Okay, that was that man. That Nets thing is fascinating. What do you want to talk about now? The possible MVP runner-up is also an, an interesting one in Philly. Yes, but there are more potential snags here because Joel Embiid has never been that durable, and you just—it's—it's it's still a concern, right? Like, what's what's he going to be physically? He's still two years out from his from his walk year as well, so the so the Sixers are not obligated to do this. Um, he could be eligible for designated player extension. Um, now the team is not obligated to offer that, but the history has been any player who's eligible for that ends up signing for it. Yeah, I, I, th- I mean, I think they they would clearly do that. I, I would be shocked if they didn't. And yeah, these these are deals that you know I, th- I think Embiid, if he stays healthy, should age pretty well. Um, but these these are deals. I mean, think of now. Embiid came out after his freshman year, so he's younger in this than like Damian Lillard, for example, who's yeah. designated player of veteran extension is just kicking in next season. So I mean, it is it's always tough to extend a guy when you're two years away. I mean, that's just that yeah. is tough. Yeah. Um, and, and particularly extend for four years when you're two years away. This is the one. Yeah. This is the exception to uh, the usual rule that you can only go out five years, including the year that you're in the designated player of veteran extension. You can go out six. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I think he certainly would would want to take it, I think. And I think they would, in, in, in fact, offer it to him. Um, I think it makes sense to offer it to him. I mean, you're going out to age 33 either way. Um, but you just it's it's a little bit more security than having him going into a walk year and maybe he starts getting unhappy or, you know, something. It's just, you know, as it yeah. as it, as it's. And from the team side, like you, you protect your rights to your to your best players first, you know, and th- and then you worry about everything else afterward. Yeah. Well, uh, the Utah Jazz aren't aware of this apparently, but you mm-hmm. can offer less than the full thirty five percent of the cap, eight <laughs> percent yes. raises, guaranteeing the entire thing. Um, yes. I think they yeah. were like slightly less than that with Gobert, but it was pretty darn close to the most he could have gotten. Uh, so, I mean, maybe they could put some non guarantees in the end. Maybe they could have some injury protection again, like they did mm-hmm. on this first contract. Uh, but yeah, it just seems like, and particularly, can you imagine too if all these other crazy extensions happen and they don't extend Embiid? And, and I, I think Daryl, <laughs> Daryl. 
Daryl recognizes. Yeah. I mean, he might even know in his head that you know this could be fraught with peril. But like, you know, what else are you doing as Philly? They're, they're, just, Phi- Philly's know. in Philly's in win now mode, and I mean that's right. why they brought Daryl in. They didn't they didn't they didn't bring him in to rebuild. So I I think they're you know they're looking at this window right now. They know Embiid physically might be a time bomb, but they they're just going to secure their present and not worry so much about the future for the moment. So here is another very interesting one, mm-hmm. and here I'm going to edit my sheet because I had an extra year on here. But and, and these guys are the really interesting ones where they have. Oh no, Jimmy Butler actually. I'm sorry because he has a player option on the last year of his deal, so he's in the exact same situation as the Nets guys. He could make four years, 181.6 million this summer, added on after 2022. And I mean, the Miami Heat, they gotta really have the sphincters tightening over this one because we've seen jimmy really get pissed off about his contract situation before in minnesota mm-hmm. i mean that was yeah. as much as he supposedly hated towns and wiggins the fact that they didn't make cap space and renegotiate and extend him and that they extended yep. wiggins yep. instead that led to the downfall in minnesota and so if he's eligible for this extension and he doesn't get it you could see him not being pleased exactly yeah and he's going to be 32 in september you know he's had some history with knee problems and little nicks and dings he's played a lot of minutes uh (laughs) that's this is going to be a really tough one for miami to go because you're basically going out you're you're going out five years on him right and man yeah i mean i mean that's his that's his age 33 through 36 seasons and that's i mean that that's that's awful right i mean i think yeah. maybe what happens this off season could inform that a, a little bit they do have cap space but it doesn't seem like the whole idea of getting butler to begin with was oh we're going to trade for a star bam out of bio as it turned out became that other star and so then they were pretty good although they flounder this year yeah and yeah so uh, it's but you also want to keep him happy and you don't want to just lose him for nothing in in 2022 now you know if they just completely flame out in the first round and and get into the play-in and and lose in the play-in or they get swept in the first round or something then maybe you're kind of like hmm, you know where are we going here exactly but let me ask you this you're pat riley and andy ellisberg he's expecting some kind of an offer what offer do you make to jimmy butler can you can you go shorter on the years? Can you can yeah, you go, we, like yeah. even one year shorter? I think is a pretty big deal when you start you know paying him fifty million when he's thirty six or whatever. I mean that's gross, right? So yeah. uh, you if if you can get that term shortened, like I don't even think it's the dollars really; it's the length that's the really scary thing for Miami. And it it also takes them, combined with BAM, takes them out of all the cap room scenarios that they kind of have mastered in the past. They're basically going to have to, to have anything around Butler and BAM, they're going to have to trade for it, probably. Well, and keep in mind, too, I expect their payroll to go up significantly this offseason where you've got none, you've got Robinson. Those guys have small cap holds. They're going to try to use cap space, and then they're going to extend, or, or I'm sorry, not extend, but give new contracts to at least one of those guys so they're probably going to be kind of right at the tax 
already for next year caps going up slowly you got Adebayo getting eight percent raises i mean that that gets hero, really hero extension really yeah yeah this will be you you can see the roadmap to them being way into the tax in like 23 yeah but, but I mean, and Butler has complicated that by maybe on a per play basis having the best regular season of his career this year at, at age thirty one. Yeah, right? I mean so, he's he's ca- he's carrying the team offensively. Like the Miami has gone as good as they looked in the bubble last year. They've gone completely off the rails on offense um, th- this year, and it's like Butler's the only thing keeping them above water. We've gone through this period probably the last two three years. Once those sour sixteen contracts kind of ran their course where mm-hmm. there really aren't very many bad contracts out there now the only ones that are just really so awful are the ones the designated player veteran extension signed to kind of you know fringy all nba guys i would say butler is a little bit better than that right now but i mean man at 30 31 already and you, you all of these contracts we're talking about other than you know the Jokic and mb like for, for the guys who are already 30 or older and talking about four-year extensions that kick in in 2022 i mean these are all gonna end up being bad contracts yeah Yeah. almost almost certainly yeah yeah so yeah i really uh i I am very so like what would a fair offer be like if you're just say here's what we expect jimmy butler to do in these his age 33 34 35 season what is that maybe like three years 30 million is that like a a fair 30, offer probably th- for between, the production between 30 i'd i'd maybe go a little higher than 30 but yeah something something in that range yeah, yeah yeah and he also like it's not like he has a great jump shot he is still relying on his his strength and athleticism to get to the rim and get to the foul line and there are the health issues so yeah i think you know if you're talking about you're going to guarantee me he's going to be healthy all those years maybe it's more than that mm-hmm. but yeah i mean guys like unless your name's steph curry or lebron james or kareem abdul jabbar or michael jordan you're gonna fall off pretty quick after age 32 33 and may- maybe kevin durant yeah. and harden can be exceptions to that as well maybe those are just those all-time level players but just you know solid all-star low-end all-nba players like those guys yeah don't maintain their value <laughs> past age 32 or 33 at that type of a level or chris paul would be the other the other example i mean he's but no i mean we i I mean we we saw it in in memphis with with mark to be honest i mean we you know as as good as he was and i think he was first team all nba at age 30 do i have that right and uh well i am the memphis expert so you should (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> what year was? Oh, was that was that 2015? It was 2015. Yeah. So he was he was 30 when he was first team All NBA center. Um, yeah. And you know he's he's 36 now, and you know it's yeah. a completely completely different thing. <laughs> so. Um. All right. So let's let's roll through quickly here. We got about 10 minutes left before we get into the the questions. Any of these other ones? I mean, there are really a ton of other guys. I'm gonna just roll through some names. Stop me when you find one mm-hmm. that you want to talk about. We talked about the Bulls. Nikola Vucevic could extend. He could extend for three years, 85 million. <laughs> he's got two he's got two years left. That's one of those offseason only ones. This yep. is an interesting one. Uh Terry Rozier eligible for a four year ninety-six point three million dollar extension. I wonder if I'm Charlotte, if I go out, like if I could get, if I could go out two years on him, like if I could time it so that his contract comes off right when LaMelo's max hits, 
I'm, I might be interested in that. Yeah, I, I don't think I would do that as as Rozier. He was only on a three year deal, so he, this would be he'd be coming right into his prime. He had a really good year this year. You know, I, I think he's he's been worth his contract that year. I think some incremental raises over that. Um, you know, do I want to pay him low twenties? You know, average of twenty three million a year over four years, or twenty four million a year over four years? That's a little rich. But maybe you could maybe if you could do something where it was four years at 20 million each you know kind of continuing on with his current salary Mm -hmm. but he's gonna say hey i played well i played better than expected like i deserve a raise off of what i've what i've had so far yeah i you know he scares me a little because he wasn't that good last year and yeah i just you wonder if you're if you're buying a career year and then you're just you, you, there's no there's no upside in the contract anymore. I think it'll happen though, just because it's going to be super kumbaya vibes in Charlotte after this unexpectedly good year. I could it seems s- like that. I mean, happen there. yeah. I mean, you raise a good point. They'll they'll just have to figure out. They'll use their cap room this year, right? They'll have to figure out what they pay Bridges in an extension, and then yeah, they'll probably still have enough room left over. Like their their sheet is still really clean. So yeah. They, I mean, they can go out and do this. And honestly, even if they went out a third year, as I look at it, Hayward comes off right when Ball would hit a max. So, yeah, they could go out further on Rozier. Like, I just thought, like, is he really a $20 million player year after year? Like, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not really willing to bet on that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's I've got to understand there. But he's also, he really has improved over the course of, of his career. Uh, by the way, for those wondering... Charlotte does have cap space this year, but Rozier could not be renegotiated and extended. You have to be on at least a four-year contract to renegotiate and extend. You can only do that after the third anniversary of the signing of the contract. So they could not renegotiate and extend him. Otherwise, I think that would be an an interesting option for them. Um, Marcus Smart. Four years, $77 million is the most that he could extend for. I think he ends up turning that down. I think he might get more than that in the open market. As a small guard at 6'3", kind of relying on athleticism, was he going to be 20, it'll be 27, 28 yeah. next offseason? Yeah, I mean, you could argue it's insurance for him. You could also argue that Boston shouldn't offer him the full four. Yeah, and they also, I mean, they've got their... I think once we figure out what happens with Evan Fournier this offseason, that might inform yeah. whether they would make that offer to Smart or not. He's he's an interesting uh, one, yeah. though. Because these guys whose numbers are capped, though, most of them are going to say, yeah, I'm going to bet on myself. I can do better than that. Yeah, with all these extensions, you never know what kind of cap space is going to be out there. And, and Boston, I mean, they have so many other obligations. Uh, here's an interesting one for you. I, I would say this probably doesn't happen, particularly because they may be drafted as a replacement. That's Clint Capella in Atlanta, who he's got two years left, but he could get uh, three years, $70 million. That's That's interesting. I Yeah, it's probably a little early for that. They probably yeah. want another year to look at a Kongwu. Capella probably wants another year to see if he can be like a... You know, a guy who gets significantly more than that on the open market somehow. So I think they probably end up waiting because of that. Um, if if John Collins doesn't stay, they actually could renegotiate and extend him, right? That would be interesting. Yeah, if they wanted. I, but he's kind of making what he's worth. You know, he's, I think yeah. he's worth like high he's, teens, low 20s. He's, he's been really good. But yeah, and then do you want to bet on a guy, a guy like that into his late 20s and early 30s? You know, the kind of athletic rim running big shot blocker not huge skill level like that that doesn't tend to age super well oh uh i I think we got to talk about this one this this could be our last one i'll I'll do a quick summary of some of the other guys at the end but uh we haven't gotten to bradley beal yet yeah yeah 
four years, 181.6 million is what he could extend for us. The same as Kyrie. And for, for those wondering, generally it has to be a three year or longer contract. But if you sign an extension, they measure that of whatever you had left plus the extension so he signed in 2019 he had two years left on his original five-year deal and then another year so i think he signed a little bit later so he might not be eligible right at the start of the offseason but the two-year anniversary of whenever it was that he signed that extension which i think was more into the fall in Mm -hmm. 2019 um he's got one year left plus a, a player option i mean man that's That'd be fascinating. Uh, obviously, if you're the Wizards, you offer that to him because, at a minimum, not that they ever would, but that just only increases his trade value if you can trade him. And, and even if you end up kind of not really going anywhere, I guess the question is for Beal now, this would not be a designated player veteran extension for Beal. So he could be traded six months after he signs this. That's the limitation uh, on the non designated player veteran extension ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, so this one seems like, yeah. Um, now he would would he pick up that option year and then have the years tacked on no no he would turn it down and then he would get four years on top of that he nukes the option then it's four years from that point i mean so beal is 27 which is you know he seems like he's been around forever but he's 27 so you can argue there's enough basketball good basketball left in him that this isn't maybe a massive risk like guys like him who are kind of skill guys slash shooters they've historically been able to last into their 30s He's been pretty durable, hasn't had any serious injuries, knock on wood. So this this might be one. I mean, I think if I'm Washington, I probably do it because I still think that contract is tradable even after the fact. Right. Unlike the last time they did this. And from Beal's perspective, that's the interesting one because I think he knows he's going to get max money one way or another. So it's just a question of do you want to lose that agency over where your where your career is headed? Yeah, although he doesn't seem to be, he wants to like stay in Washington. He wants to be the Damian Lillard of Washington, except to not win playoff games instead of winning playoff games. So he'll be 29 next off season. I have a feeling this one actually gets done. I have, I have a feeling that it, that it gets done because uh, he'll have had 10 years of experience. That's why he bumps up. He can start it at 40 million. Maybe there's a little bit of a feeling of, hey, if you want to be traded, we'll take care of you later. He do- You're right though. He doesn't have the injury history, but it just doesn't seem like he cares that much about like being in control and being a free agent. So yeah. I'm, uh, I, I mean, I, I certainly as Washington, you make the offer though. I think that that's that's a hundred percent clear. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's I think it's still in their interest to make that offer. Although I've also argued that Washington should trade him because it's their only pathway to getting actually better. But if they don't want to do that, then paying him is the second best thing. Okay. Well, this was a lot of fun. I'll just run through some of the other guys here real quickly, just so that that stick out to me. Uh, we've got Aaron Gordon in Denver could be eligible for four years, eighty-eight million. Seemed like he kind of scoffed at that, but eh, you know, maybe. I mean, he's, he hasn't done that much. Like, there's yeah. been some games where he's playing like twenty-five minutes a game. Yep. Um, Larry Nance Jr. in Cleveland could do three years, thirty-seven million. Uh, that's one of those ones where he has two years left still. Miles Turner could do three years, seventy million in Indiana. Mm-hmm. T.J. Warren could do four years, sixty-eight million. I don't think that's in Indiana. enough. Yeah, well, he's coming off a broken foot too. Mm-hmm. So, and he's only been made. You know, he made like fifty million the first time around. Maybe he would yeah. want to lock in Jonas Valanciunas. Four years, seventy-five million. Again, not saying that all these should offer yeah. him. We're just 
talking about the most I could, they could offer. I could, I could see Valanciunas getting done, but not for four years. I could, I could see like a, yeah. a three-year or two-year or something. And uh, d- ditto for uh, Kyle Anderson in Memphis. He's yes. eligible for a little bit Oh, yeah. I, I forgot about that one. Um, this one's hilarious. D'Angelo Russell. Three yes. Pay the man. Come on. Do it, Minnesota. <laughs> Uh, that's crazy. Portland has a couple of interesting guys. Yusuf Nurkic could do four years, sixty-four million, and Robert Covington could do four years, sixty-nine point eight million. Again, I'm not saying that either of those get done. That's just what they are eligible for. Hilariously, Harrison Barnes could do four or three years, seventy-three million, and and it doesn't um, even seem that bad anymore. Like he's he's actually been pretty good this year. Yeah. Now he's but he's another one of those guys who has two years left already. So yep. you're kicking that in two years from now, and you can only do in the offseason all right that is enough on that let's get to the speaker requests here uh i want to take this one first actually from a cage suite because he's uh in hong kong he's gonna leave his question here the pacers lack wings they seem to have too many guards they got to address the miles turner sabonis problem eventually what will they do in the offseason to balance their roster well, I think one of the biggest things they'll do is have TJ Warren play in the games. I mean, not yes. not having that big wing who can straddle three and four, uh, I think has really hurt them. Uh, it's, it's changed how they can play on a lot of nights. Uh, you know, when you're trying to play Jeremy Lamb as a backup four or Justin Holiday, like it's just they, they just go out there really small. I think O'Shea Brissett can potentially really help them. Like he's been good since he signed there. Uh, I don't know if his shooting is going to hold up based on his track record, but even if he doesn't shoot that well, the other stuff he's done has been pretty impressive. Like I, I think they may have really found something there and when when i look at this team i actually think they could be sneaky good next year if 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 everyone's back healthy like they have five pretty good starters now they have a couple decent bench players their cap's in pretty good shape uh they just don't have kind of that one big star that that to me is the biggest problem with them it's not any like positional weakness so much yeah i would love to trade sabonis cash in on him being a uh, a two-time eastern conference all-star and try to bring in a little bit more wing depth than maybe a draft pick going forward uh, but uh, and to because he just also doesn't really fit in that well it seems like with what nate bjorkren wants to do and just try to rebuild with a more athletic team built around the defense of miles turner in the mm-hmm. middle and a bunch of slashers and penetrators space the floor but i also don't think it would be ridiculous to continue on with sabonis and turner as well in this year is just such a shit year um they will probably have they might be able to get close to using the full mid-level this offseason wings are always in short supply indiana's never you know they're gonna have to overpay to get whoever they want they also if they want to bring back mcdermott who i I don't think should be a huge priority and tj mcconnell uh, as well like the backup guard situation maybe they just move on move along with holiday and sumner as your backup guards instead you know i just i just don't want to overreact too much to this year i certainly would see what i could get in trade for Sabonis you would imagine they would look at moving Turner well remember they tried to do Turner for Hayward right yeah and uh the, the Celtics should have accepted that most protein bars are awful I like to work out I've tried basically all of them and before Bilt Bar I'd resigned myself to the idea that they're all gonna taste like a rock quarry but now with 18 amazing flavors the improved Bilt Bar is even more delicious there's six new flavors caramel brownie cookies and cream cherry bar sia lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake apple almond crisp of course there are classics like raspberry peanut butter 
double chocolate, peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. That makes a huge difference. By the way, they're soft and easy to chew, but they're still great for the health conscious person. For example, peanut butter, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. Great for a keto diet. And you can even get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. If the last year has taught us anything, it's that we don't really need bricks and mortar stores anymore. Going to your local auto parts store really was not a good experience to begin with. In that front area, they never really had anything other than just totally generic stuff. And then you would go to that desk. You probably had to wait in line while the one person who was there at the counter tried to find the part that the person in front of you wanted. And then finally, when you got up there, you would ask for your part and they'd say, oh yeah, we can order that. It'll be here in two weeks. Well, great. I could have just stayed at home and used Rock Auto com got my part faster and saved a bunch of money change stores at different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low so go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car and truck you just put your make and model in there right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com um okay <laughs> let's get to the uh the speaker request now here and let us begin with our good friend Ricky Christmas. Ricky, you there? Yeah, I am. And you're getting two Pacers fans asking you questions in a row, which has yeah, to be the first yeah. time on Amazing. any national awesome. syndicated anything about basketball. They should lose by 40 more often. We're getting getting all kinds of Pacers fans coming out of the weeds. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um so I wanted to ask you guys about Karis LeVert and how you value him. So I admittedly wasn't that familiar with him prior to the Oladipo trade. And now that I'm seeing like his career shooting numbers, he just seems like this high volume, low efficiency guy. Like his true shooting percentage has been really consistent throughout his career. It, it's like 52%, 51%. And everyone kind of talked about this guy like, oh, it's such a you know like good, young, promising guard. And he's not that young and he's not that efficient. And he's kind of ball hoggy. And I feel like he's like sixth man at best and i was kind of curious what you guys thought about him i've always thought he's a sixth man he's like an ideal sixth man but like on a good team he doesn't work as well in the starting lineup because the things you said he's not super efficient he can be wild on the ball he's not a great outside shooter he's not really that much of a defender uh so shot creation is the thing he's given you. And that's way more valuable when you have a bunch of scrubs out there. Yeah, I, I was hoping uh, one of the things that was weird to me is that they don't really seem to play him that much on the second unit. It's still like McConnell and Holiday. Uh, you can correct me if, I, if I'm wrong. Yeah. I know that's uh, how they did it in the in the Blazers game. And I think a couple other runs recently that I said, I don't watch every Pacers game, obviously. But so I, I think they could get more out of him in, in that role that John's talking about. Maybe you still start him. And he does have a little bit more size than your Lou Williams or Jordan Clarkson type microwave score. So he can maybe got a little bit more value there. But yeah, I think it's the time for him to actually like get to the league average in true shooting is yesterday. I, I do agree with you on that one. If you really are thinking this guy is going to be some huge asset. Yeah, and he has a 26% usage and that's the same as Brogdon. And it's like he's shooting four points higher on the true shooting percentage. So I'm just like, why yeah. is this guy taking so many shots? Um, yeah, and now, quick, I, I thought he would fill an important role, particularly with Warren out because they just don't have anyone else who can create shots. And you always are going to have a certain number of bad shots that need to be taken for your offense and that he can kind of help with that. Uh, you, you know, where maybe he's above replacement level in the last five seconds of the shot clock, you know, that kind of thing. But no, I, I share your concerns for sure. 
Yeah. Um, and on that TJ Warren note, and you guys touched on this a little bit already, but it looks like you're probably not going to extend on his current number because it's too low, but maybe you do because of the foot injury. I don't know what he's thinking, but what do you think happens with him? Because I feel like they can't afford to lose him. He's going into the last year of his contract. You don't know about this foot injury. Uh, the Pacers are five million over the cap without the McDermott and McConnell's replacements or anything. Do they try to like dump salary space and maybe renegotiate and extend him a little bit. I'm, I'm just so curious as to what they do with him. Or I think they're playing the year out with him. I, I think that's the only way to deal with it between you got to see if the foot's okay. And then TJ Warren on his side, he's going to want to see if he can get a big payday. If he, if he can have a good year, you know, he, he was awesome in the bubble. Right. And then he hurt his foot. He wants to see if he can get back to that and get a big payday out of it. So I just don't think there's an extension out there that he would sign right now, to be honest. Yeah. No, I, I agree. All right, thanks for that, Ricky. And let's bring in let's bring in Mike Marshall. Mike, you're on. Hey, Nate. Hey, John. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yes. Hey, how you doing? Big fan of the show and uh, dunked on as well. Uh, I've got a couple questions, uh, I guess primarily for John. Uh, I'm a big Sixers fan, and uh, the process, as you guys know, has been pretty crazy. W- John, I-, I was just wondering what your initial reaction was to, you know, the whole Brian Colangelo uh, uh, scandal, and then uh, as well, like, how often do you think it is that GMs kind of feel that, like, jealousy that he faced when he came in and replaced Hinky, who the entire fan base and the rights to Ricky Sanchez love, <laughs> and... Uh, I mean, every, every, everybody's human, but like that—that that was his re- reputation. Even going back to Toronto and Phoenix, was that he kind of took took everything, re- you know, read everything that was written about him, and took all of it very much to to heart, and and was was wasn't really able to to thicken his skin with that stuff. And so it it wasn't super shocking, I think, to people in the league that that if somebody was going to be having a burner account doing those things, that it would be him. Yeah, I, I, it was just I, it's it's insane that that actually happened. And then the second part is, do you think that uh, the Sixers, or I guess Sam Hinkie uh, specifically, took the brunt of like the whole like tanking thing? But now, like we look at Oklahoma City's roster that they're putting out there, and you know, it's just really it, it's it's very clear what's going on, you know. And I just wonder if it's like kind of like a double standard. Yeah, a little bit. I think the the other thing that happened with Philly is that there was they got to a point where people felt like it when does this end i th- i think that was the hard part was when it was like year 3 of that and you know all the stuff was going on with Jaleel Okafor and it it just it just seemed like it wasn't ever going to get better and so that that was the the hard part and of course it started getting better almost immediately afterward if people had just been a little more patient uh because they obviously had Embiid and Simmons right after that uh but I, I think that was kind of kind of the driver of it. But I don't understand why other people in the league were complaining about it, though. Like we we were happy to have our automatic win. We wanted them in our in our conference. <laughs> well, so let me add in there on that double standard and the perception of it. I mean, number one, Sam Presti has already been there for you know almost fifteen years now, and has has built up a, enough leeway here that that he gets that uh gets the benefit of the doubt number two they at least were able to spin it as well paul george and russell westbrook asked to be traded and we were just doing right by them whereas that wasn't necessarily the case they traded drew holiday who had just made
made the all-star team. Probably didn't deserve it at that point, although he obviously would get to be better later. Uh, and, you know, he was a guy who was just starting his extension. And, like, why are we trading this guy? Like, we just made it uh, in 2012 to Game 7, even though they got lucky there, obviously, with the Bulls injuries that, that year. they were, I mean, they were probably the best eight seed of all time by point differential that year, but still, they probably didn't deserve to be in a Game 7 in the uh, second round. Yeah. And then I think the big – and then there was obviously the Oak Four stuff that you talked about. But I would say the biggest thing was the drafting of guys who were injured two years in a row. And mm-hmm. that was just like, oh, you're drafting these guys because they're injured so you can tank even more and get more picks, right? As opposed to, hey, these are just the best guys. And so, like, for example, OKC, you get to show up to the game and watch Shea Gilgis Alexander and still feel like, hey, we, and we've got some other young guys who are going to be a part of this going forward. Whereas those two teams, 13, 14, and 14, 15, and it, oh, and the other thing too was trading Michael Carter Williams as well. That was another one where, which really it's smart trade. An awesome trade, but at the time. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it was just like, hey, any good player, you're just going to trade him because you don't want to win, right? That was such a facile narrative, but it was <laughs> at some point you got to at least they always say, hey, you're selling hope or you're selling wins. And hope, yeah, that's not necessarily hope of, oh, three years from now we're going to be good. It's, all right, we're seeing the guys on the floor here who are going to be good in three years, right? And they didn't even have that. And obviously his lack of communication with the media as well, I think was a problem. He, he should have done more spin control than he did. So I think that's why that ended up happening. I agree it was unfair. He was doing a good job. I would have done the exact same thing. He won every transaction. But if you want the explanation for why all those factors uh, come into play. Yeah, and I mean, I, I just think, too, like, the Sam Presti, like, he walked into, like, Russell Westbrook, like, Kevin, you know, that the whole squad they had there. So it makes it easier to just not have to do that. Sam Hinkie yeah. walked into, like, a squad built around Spencer Halls and, like... Yeah, uh, well, well yeah. to be clear... In, in fairness, Hinkie, uh, Presti, I mean, yeah. Presti had the best three-year draft run in NBA history, so we, yeah. we got to give him credit for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, thanks, thanks, Mike. We appreciate thanks, that. Yep. Uh, let's get to uh, Simone. Simone, are you there? Uh, can you hear me? Jump on in, Simone. I saw you just unmuted. Can you can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah. Can you? Uh, so it's Simone because I'm Italian. Uh, sorry oh, I'm sorry, accent. Simone. Yeah, I should have yeah. I should have gotten that from the last name. Yeah, I apologize. Doesn't matter. Simone. Uh, sorry for the accent. Um, I want. I just wanted to ask. Um, will uh, any of the Lakers uh, make one of the two old defense old defense teams? And if uh, if LeBron played played like more games, uh, would he be one of, in one of the two teams for you, or just uh, no Laker would be included in one of your selections? That's interesting because if LeBron and AD had played the whole season. I think they would clearly be uh, on the team somewhere, but they missed a lot of time, and it's, it's it makes it a lot harder to to include them relative to guys who have played the whole year. I mean, the La- the Lakers have been really good defensively this year, and it's kind of been a team effort. So it's not even like there's yeah. one other guy you could point to and say, well, "We'll put this guy on the team instead." They just have a bunch of above average defensive players. And so so that makes it tough. I would say like if Davis comes back here and plays well, I would say he probably has the best shot of anyone being appearing on the team. Yeah, but I mean, when you miss half the year, stuff. So, but I see I, where the question is coming from, Simone, because they're a great defense, and they've been, you know, the number one defense not having anyone on the all defensive teams, uh, and and maybe LeBron will play enough that he could get it as well. Uh, you know, I think his defensive effort has been so key to how good they've been these last couple of years. But uh, I mean, if we needed to do a defensive coach of the year, we would probably be 
either Frank Vogel or, or Tom Thibodeau. So, uh, and he's gotten a lot of guys to defend much better than the, than they ever did. So, I mean, is there anyone that you think should make it, Simone? No, no. Um, the the point, I guess, was exactly that it would be the I guess one of the first few. I mean, one of the first number one defenses to like not have any player in the two teams. So that was my yeah uh, idea. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot for that, uh, Simone. And uh, we we love the Italian accent. Let's uh, get to Ellery Pinkins. Ellery, you are on with us uh, right now. What do you got? Yeah, hi there. Uh, I have a question for John, actually. Um, I noticed that you like the, the Timbers and Washington football team and went to UVA. I, I'm just curious, what is how do you connect all of your sports fandoms? I think you even mentioned you like the Brewers at one point. Yeah, so kind yeah, of no, all no, spread yeah I like the Milwaukee Brewers, too. Yeah, I I, uh, I, I had a... Uh, a, a uh, uh, a randomizer by computer, just pick all my teams. Uh, so that, that's how I ended up with it. Um, no, I, uh, I, I, I grew up in the New York area, but I, I had to be a little different. And my bro- older brother had his teams and my dad had his team. So I had to kind of go outside the box a little. So I picked, uh, Washington, the then Washington Redskins and, and the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, uh, and then, uh, when I was living in Portland, they got the expansion soccer team. So that's how I, uh, came with the Timbers. Awesome. And did you have an NBA team before you got into the business? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you know, when I was a kid, I mean, I, I liked the Celtics, you know, with Bird and McHale and Parrish. Um, but I kind of grew out of that because I was more attached to the players than the actual team. You know, like I didn't care about Greg Kite, you know, I just, mm-hmm. right, I just right. really like Bird. So, um, so I was, I was sort of, uh, teamless for a while there. So I think that, kind of helped me be, you know, a little more objective when I went to the media side that it, I didn't have a single team that I was fawning over. Awesome. Makes sense. Very cool. I've always wondered because I see, you know, talking about Washington and Portland and, you know, sure. it just, it, it's always been a mystery to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was, that was uh, incredibly boring for me because uh, Major League Baseball and Major League Soccer are uh, utterly somnambulant sports uh, from, in my opinion, but uh, let's bring someone else on who is not going to call me out on that. Uh, let's go to Francis. Francis, you're on with me and John. Hey guys, uh, big fans. So I recently heard Daryl Morey campaign the league to adopt the Elam ending. Personally, I think it would be uh, go a long way for correcting a lot of the problems NBA has as a television product. So I'm wondering what do you guys think the chance that'll ever happen? And if so, uh, the timing of that. I think we would see it in Summer League and G League, and it would sort of start moving through the food chain that way if it was ever to happen. When you say the problems with the league, I mean, are you you just, I mean, we could, we could make fourth quarters more exciting than they are, I guess. So, so I, I guess I would say, uh, be more specific about that is like the manipulation of the clock, the the fouling game. Like, I was watching a bit of the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, Celtics game last night. It was just kind of brutally drawn out. They were down by ten. They made it somewhat interesting, but it was just such a slog to watch. It's just a horrible uh, kind of TV product. There's no uh, fluidity in the game at all. And so I just don't enjoy that. And, uh, you know, I, I play basketball. I think probably 99% of all games played ends uh, by, you know, a, a set score, right, um, and pick up. And so I think that's just a much more natural way to play the game. And uh, I, I think 
uh, there'd be a lot more excitement. I mean, we only got one little sample of it in the Ulster game last year. Uh, This year, too, I guess, but it was a blowout. But uh, uh, it was really high intensity, and uh, there was no uh, kind of abusing of rules. Yeah. yeah, If a game isn't close, it doesn't matter what system you use. So, I, I mean, I do think the clock can create excitement, too, right? You see it ticking down, and that dictates certain actions and it dictates that teams do certain things that they wouldn't otherwise do. Like you'll never, with an Elon ending, you will literally never see a full court press late in the game probably. Um, and so it's, uh, it, it, it changes things. If, if, if you're down, what does it matter? You just need to get a, you get a stop. You have no time limitation on when you need to get that stop. So I, I just, I just think it's, um, I, I mean, I, I understand the case for it. I understand, like, the All-Star game was really good. The tournament in general, like, I, I the Elam ending do, did seem to make some of those game endings really tense and good and fun. Um, but I, I guess I just don't see it as something that would fundamentally change a lot for the league. And uh, so I, I'm just not sure... I'm not sure what the thing is going to be that really pushes the league to go in that direction. But if they did, you would see them start doing it in the G League. You know, they may, they may, maybe they try it for overtime. Go, you know, we'll do an Elam ending for overtime from now on. We'll try it in the G League this year and see what happens. And it would sort of flower from there if it was going to happen. Yeah, and, and I'd love to hear Nate's opinion on this too. But I do have a question specifically for John. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just I understand rule changes. Uh, I guess the process of it at a ten thousand foot level, like it's whatever it's voted on by the owners and there's a subcommittee of the board of governors but i just wonder what happens at a much lower level like what involvement does the front office have who's advising yeah, the so, owners yeah the so yeah i mean it varies by team but generally anything rules-based like we'll we'll get a heads up like hey this is something they're talking about what should our position be on this and why and you know sometimes you know we will our advice will be, you know, well, we think this is better for the game and we can be like, you know, you know, lofty uh, thinkers. And sometimes we're like, well, this isn't to our advantage at all. So we should vote against that. <laughs> so and it and it just depends. Uh, but cool. th- th- there is I mean, in, in my situation in Memphis, yeah, there was communication uh, between the front offices. And it would be really bizarre for for an owner to just go rogue on that and not at least collect the opinions of the front office and the coaching staff about kind of how, how the, any rule change would impact their own team. All right. Thanks for that. Uh, I've talked about the Elam ending before I, I will, uh, maybe, maybe I'll get a chance to discuss it at some later point, but we do want to get one more speaker request in there. And that is going to be Jordan Faso. You're on with John and I. Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, from Australia, if you can't tell by the accent. Um, but I was just wondering about his son's question. Um, with Chris Paul's like player option for next year, uh, a little bit worried that like he might leave. Obviously, like he has that power. Um, if I obviously don't want the Suns to go back after being such a rough ten years, I guess. Um, so I guess my question is like, if Chris Paul did leave, like what would be the next move at point guard for the Suns um, to make sure that this year isn't just like a once off and it's a like we can consolidate on it with the young core that we've got because obviously Chris Paul's not going to be around forever. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, 
the the first option is to offer a giant bag to Chris Paul, I think, to get him to stay. <laughs> but if he doesn't, I mean, Phoenix is at least in a situation where they would have about thirty million in cap room if he left, so they would have options. They would be able to do some things. You know, do you go after Lonzo Ball at that point? Do you go after, uh, you know, do you do Kyle Lowry as a one year rental? Uh, I think those are questions they can ask internally do they go you know do they maybe try to do something completely different do they sign a different position entirely and just get a stopgap stopgap guy at, at point guard i mean there's different ways they could go with it uh but certainly their their best case scenario is to have chris paul stay opt into that 44 million for next year yeah definitely yeah and also we have obviously the impending like oh sorry Nate, you go no no go ahead uh, like obviously we've got Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton's extensions as well. So I don't know how that factors in like cap wise um, and whether some, whether like an offer sheet for Lonzo Ball would interfere with those guys sticking around long-term as well. Um, yeah, I guess it's just it's, how, how they want it to shouldn't, money. shouldn't, shouldn't be an issue. They, they have uh, a really clean cap sheet going out. So I, I don't think that's going to be a big issue for them. Yeah. They got about 60 million below the luxury tax for 2022 23 uh, as of right now so that hopefully would be enough to bring back Aiden and Bridges maybe if you're throwing Paul in there as well it gets a little bit more difficult but you could probably also move on from one of Crowder or Sharich at that point as well uh, not, needed a little bit of extra space might not be picking up that third year option on Jalen Smith there either no <laughs> missing that uh Taurus Halliburton <laughs> um, but but quickly on on Paul uh, there is the option that he opts in and then you could do an extension after that. We didn't get a chance to talk about him and our yeah. extension candidates uh, or he could opt out and you could get him for a lower annual value for, for three years. But I would actually be very surprised if he left because he, his family is ill and he wanted to be close to them. He chose the sons, all the reporting. Sam Amick had an article about this recently that he really wanted to be a son in part due to that hour flight from LA and there's really nowhere else he could go that would be that close to LA doesn't seem I mean maybe they're except except some, LA who can only give him a minimum or or, a, or an MLE so yeah yeah I mean maybe there could be some kind of a trade where it didn't seem like the Lakers were interested in trading for him this offseason maybe they just made too much and it wouldn't have been impossible but um yeah so I, I think he will want to be in Phoenix and I think they'll want him to be there and I mean they've obviously you know one one of your concerns was just that they wouldn't play well enough this year and he'd want to go win somewhere but it seems like that uh they're obviously a solid contender this year so yeah you you can't complain about how good they've been and and they've still got Aiton and and Bridges and Booker all the, all those guys are going to get better uh, as well so all right, I think we can wrap up here. Thanks for that, Jordan. Thanks to everyone who jumped in. And you can join me and Danny for our locker room chat. That's uh, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific on Tuesdays. John and I should be back at the normal time next week of 2 Eastern, 11 Pacific. But stay tuned for that. Uh, and then also want to tell you guys... Uh, for who are not subscribers to Dunkdown Prime, I have a free mailing list that has a bunch of stuff on there. Uh, we have links every Monday of the best article about uh, each of the 15 teams in one of the conferences from the past week. We also will have our chat transcripts, me and Danny, and throw some other stuff out there too. Actually, I'll probably post uh, the list of all the veteran extension candidates uh, that I had here uh, as well for, for that. So you can sign up for that free mailing list even if you're not a Dunktown Prime subscriber, that is NateDuncanNBA.com slash free. Easy to remember because uh, 
it is free. Um, and John, what did you write about for The Athletic this week before we go? Yeah, so I wrote about uh, the international draft prospects in this draft. I think there are five really good ones uh, who weren't uh, probably being taken in the first round. And I think especially this this big guy from Turkey, Alperin Schengen, uh, has a couple of warts, but man, he is super productive. I'm, I'm really high on him. And I think he's been undervalued so far. It, it sounds like you are quite Schengen about his prospects. <laughs> Yes. And with that, this is, this is the first we pun we've you. ever made about a European treaty zone. <laughs> well, with that, we shall bid y'all adieu. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to y'all next week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.